Hi, it's Thursday afternoon, later in the afternoon. I'm going to take a shot at the uh, Summon Bonum this week, which is the uh, whole enterprise, spont- uh, uh, the idea, the brainchild of Mishpacha Stefanski, Bitsal Stefanski, and they're sponsoring it. And here's my three cents in the subject. Um, finally get around to the Rizal, at least at the edges. Uh, and the question becomes, of course, you know, you know, what's the ultimate reward? Or what do you get for the righteous life and so forth? Now, you, obviously, the Rizal is complex beyond complex. Um, so I'm speaking in this from one dummy to another, you know, from me to you. Now, let's jump right into this. As I think you, you know, I've mentioned before, you know anyway, the Rizal never wrote anything just about, and it's all from, uh, it's put in the form that we have it, it the, the official one, from Chaim Batal, who also never published it, but at least put it together in some form. And whenever it appears, it's in the form of Shemona Sharim, the eight gates, the eight chapters. So you can get this uh, if you want. And, you know, the eight chapters are Shara Toma, Shamar Maimer Rajbi, Shara Maimer Chazal, you know, explains what they really mean, Shara Hapsukim, Shara Mitzvah, Shara Kavonos, Shara Rucha Kodesh, and Shara Gilgul, Shara Gilgulim. So our question deals, obviously, with Shara Gilgulim, right? It's not only about Gilgul, but, you know, it, that's obviously a major part of it. And uh, I have my tr- rusty, trusty edition, the one that I like. I have a, a one that I uh, am fond of. Uh, now, again, Dari didn't write it, but Chaim wrote it. Even by him, it didn't get published. It came out later, but whatever, that's how we have it, okay? Now, um, that's how it comes out now. You know, they were published in different years, and we'll leave that aside. Now, um, right off the bat, I don't, I don't think they talk about the nature of the exact schar. Uh, but rather of a, an unbelievably set of complex realities, which do reflect the realities I'll try to explain in a second. Let me just simply say that if we saw last time that the Ramchal uh, says that the Summon Bonum is going to be in a resurrected goof in some future Ghanaian type situation, so notice that's the highest Hanor the human being in whatever capacity is capable of having. And God, being a good a native, is going to give you, the, to those who deserve it, the best possible good. And so that'll even be beyond, you know, like the, not like the Rambam, you know, it'll be in, in, in a better world, right? In a, in a Ghanaian-type world, uh, Eden, Eden restored, paradise uh, 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 recovered. Um, and that means, that indicates that from the very beginning, Hashem created Adam and Chav in the Ghanaian, and this is before they did a sin, so that must be the, the best possible way to live. So that if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, they'd be living the life of Riley in the in the highest spiritual way as well as the most material way. I mean, human existence would be radically different. And uh, again, Gashmi is wise and Ruchni is wise. And it doesn't get better than that as far as the human is concerned. Maybe for some other creature, Vesachnish, you know, but for the human being, like you and I, that is the best possible thing that can happen to you, if if to live in that state. Now, if you sin and all that's a different story. And like I said, we've already seen, especially Cordovier and the others, go into great detail about the different types of punishments 
and especially the notion of gradations, as I tried to say, you know, so in other words, it's, it's a, you know, kechuta, and, you know, they use the terminology of different rooms and different angels, but, you know, the point of the matter is that you get exactly, literally exactly what you deserve. That seems to be the only way they can come to terms with the concept of divine justice, okay? Uh, that doesn't mean they deny deny divine mercy, but to the degree, whenever it is applied to divine justice, it's got to be exact. Can't be, you know, they do too much. It can't be they do too little. So that's that business. So if you think about it, what it indicates is, at least I'm, I'm giving my take, what it indicates is that uh, the, the human in, in the form that, you know, so to speak, I mean, that's, you know, the best it can be. And it, it it's it's taking the brie of the creation um, from its original to its its materialized form. And here you have all these theories. They find in their reason, especially and elsewhere, that um, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. It's not exactly like Plato's ideas, but it's a little bit like that. Um, for the Greeks. You know, there's an idea of something and then the metzius of the reality of it. So, for example, there's something called book. And you have in your mind some general idea of what a book looks like. And then there's there's specific book. So, which is more chashev? They later call in Hebrew the Torah and the Homer, you know. So, which is more chashev? So, you say like this. You say, well, depends how you look at it. You know, I can't read an idea, but I can't read a physical book. On the other hand, a book can be destroyed. An idea can never be destroyed because it's not material. So from that point of view, the idea, the tzura, so to speak, is superior, is indestructible, you see? On the other hand, I don't think, I mean, I'm not a Greek philosophy expert, but I don't think that they would say like this, the idea is 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 ultimately is the creator of the book. You understand? But rather the person, the human being, had the idea however he acquired it, and it was the human being who took it and put it into physical form. But to the reason on the other is, no. The idea in, in Shemayim, and was the idea is the real reality of it, and it creates, in some sense, through emanations, it creates the material. You get it? It creates the material. So whatever you see is literally right? So when you talk, for example, about ore, things like that, it's not merely symbols. Um, it, it, they are symbols, but it's more than that. Um, they're not mere pointers to reality. They are the reality. Okay? In other words, light, n- not the way you and I see it, but light exists upstairs as a spiritual object. Right? And that spiritual messias is the true source of physical light. And same thing for man, for a beast, for any idea you can think of, okay? Now, um, again, that's the source of the light. And this has to do with the idea that Hebrew is lush and Kodesh, not in the t- typical sense of a regular language, which is sort of like a conventional language to enable people to communicate with each other, but rather the Hebrew letters of the material form assumed by, by the sacred alphabet, I guess you'd call it, in Shemaim, notice in a different plane of existence. So, notice Hashem created, Hashem said, he or by combining the spiritual forces represented by Aleph and Vav and Resh to form the spiritual word for light, right? Uh, 
Now, so the ideas themselves, and what we're talking about, are the Metsias, because the Hebrew language is what is different than other languages. Uh, radically different. And um, Seder for the Al base is amazing, so to speak. And this is the idea of Asar Mamaris Baron, that Hashem, when he was, used language, Omer, means he used the alphabet to create the physical world that we have. But, you know, they, they exist at the same time in a different plane of existence in a, in a non-physical form. But again, it's not simply the shot that the non-physical forms are, are, are ideas in the sense that they, you know, I, I'm almost willing to use the word fantasy. That's not exactly the right word, but, you know, that they exist in a different way. They are real. No, they are the ultimate reality. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around it, but, you know, that's that's how it goes. And um, you understand what I'm saying? In other words, if I, me, myself and I, talking now, if I imagine in a fantasy that I killed somebody, so it would have a reality in the psychological sense. I had that machshava, and, um, you know, and existed in some way, but you and I would say, but not really, because it never concretized. Uh, you know, it it, it it is what it is. Uh, but here we're talking about, you know, where the idea itself is the makor for the reality. So we're talking about man, or neshama, or nefesh, or ruch, or any of those kind of terms. You know, they existed, I, I, I'm using time, you know, uh, chronological terms, even though that's not the right way. They existed, you know, before the world is, that you and I live in was created, uh, the concept of nefesh, ruch, neshama, and, and all the other spiritual things, uh, heaven, hell, uh, punishments, and so forth and so on, and they exist in some kind of sublime form, but they become real to the degree that they come active in our lives um, down here on this earth. Now, I just did something funny. I talk about souls and heaven and hell, these are not physical things. If I t if I said spoon, so I'm holding my hand, a spoon, I see it. If I say, you know, ruach, neshama, and all the rest of it, I mean, those are spiritual terms. Yes, but in the form that they appear in human physical, uh, you know, context, that I have a life force animating me for something, or as you can evidently see, or things of that nature, they start in one place upstairs, but they end up, after a process of a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, emanations, uh, that's a separate schmooze, down here, and so it's me, myself, and I. But since it's not physical, my neshama, although it's a, the neshama is a funny thing, and I say neshama in the sense of a soul, whatever term you want to use. I told you last time, even in the nigla, in the Medish Rabbah, they talk about ne'eruch neshama, embrace his Rabbah. So uh, it, it, it's, it's a funny kind of creature. It just is. I use the word life force because if you look at me and let's say you're secular, let's say atheist. So you say, well, but Cass is alive. How's he alive? You see, I'm walking, talking, and all the rest of it. But where is the where, where is the, 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 the spark that makes you alive as opposed to this dead guy standing next to me or something like that? We both look alike. We're both human. We both have skin and all the rest of it, eyeballs and so forth. So how come? So the answer is I'm animated by some kind of a life force and this one, this corpse is not. Where is this life force located? You can cut the body up a hundred ways and you won't find it. So you see that there's some kind of, uh, you know, spiritual kind of reality, but it's down here on earth. Okay? It's down here on earth. So once you're talking about the person and what happens to them, they're alive when they're after they're dead, heaven and hell, all the rest of it, 
you're really mixing a lot of boundaries. You understand? And especially for the Kabbalim and the Ariza and the others. I mean, you know, really are. But the notion that the ideal form exists in another plane of existence, which, of course, the Rambam would know nothing about them. I mean, and this is completely not from the rationalistic philosophies, you know, of, of old. Uh, but that the idea it exists in another plane of existence and that you exist in another plane of existence, I mean, is is vital to all this Kabbalah stuff. And they're not wrong. In other words, they're, 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 they're uh, zeroing in on what I just, to my mind, they're just, on what I just described, which is, here I am, I'm alive. This behemoth, if you want, is alive. But you don't know where the source of the life is. You know if you do something physical to it, the, 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 the life force will depart. But you don't know how. So you take a, any, a man or an animal, chop off the head, it, 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 the life force will be gone. But on the other hand, the life force was not in the neck. You know what I mean? It wasn't in, in the head exactly. So it, it's, you know, it, 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 how do you explain these boundaries and these traversing of boundaries back and forth? Uh, that seems to me at the heart of the whole enterprise. And they start with the idea, as I said before, that uh, uh, that the Hebrew uh, alphabet is is uh, unusual, is, is unique, and the Torah obviously is, and they're not just books and stories; they are that too. But that's the least interesting of them in the uh, in the Zohar. You know, if you look at stories, I can write you better stories. They're they're they're, they're interesting to the mystic because of the you know uh, whole worlds that they that they convey, especially this notion I just described. Where what we see is is the final materialized form of something that exists. I'll use the word upstairs, you know, in other words, in another plane of existence. And uh, you know, and they'll talk about this galgil, this and that and the other into, you know, I, like without getting into the technicalities of it, you know, the, 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 into the spheres and all the rest of it. You start with one plane of existence, but then you come down to what you and I see on this earth. Now, at the time of death, you're talking about leaving this earth and going back to some other plane of existence. So that becomes the hard part. Now, in addition to all that, so notice they're trying to, to, to come up with an explanation for all of this, a grand scheme, as far as I can tell. You know, and um, it's an unusual scheme, no question about it, but it's Jewish because it's founded in the Hebrew alphabet and in the Torah. And, you know, for all the Mechabalim, the only way you gain heaven or hell is through Torah mitzvahs or Averis. So that makes it really Jewish. Okay? They're universalistic ideas, but at the very heart of the universalistic ideas is the peculiaristic idea of the um, super eternity and powers, even magical powers, of the Torah itself. Histaka uh, Barisa Baram, I mean, it's something like really real to them. That's why. The Kabbalim had no time for these, you know, kind of Tamiya mitzvahs you find in the Rambam and the other places. Now, um, I hope I'm, I'm clear as uh, best I can. Now, what complicates the whole business even more is the fact that Dari is really into, I mean, I'm just talking, I'm looking at Sharha Gilgulam, right? So Gilgulam is when you reincarnated, but this is a whole science. You know, to master this is like crazy. Um, even at the simplest level, simply because it's a big, I mean, you can read the parrot, you know, I mean, you can read the the book, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big shah, it's a whole book by itself, the Shah Gugun. And, um, whatever you, one guesses is, is, is how it came to be, but the bottom line is that 
this completely, you know, um, complicates any notion that a person lived a good life and goes to heaven or lived a bad life and goes to hell because who is the person? Once you introduce concepts like Gilgal and Ebor and things like that, so then um, who is the person? Now, the average guy out there thinks, I'm sure, that Gilgal goes like this. A per, you know, to the degree we ever heard about it, a person lived a life, they didn't do that great of a job, they got to come back. So it's the same Nishama, let's say, for example, uh, or something like that, and, but a different goof. So the guy screwed up in Spain in the 1400s, and he came back, you know, I don't know, in, in Russia in, in the 1800s. Or, you know, if I wanted to make a story out of it, the guy did not, I mean, he schmatted in 1492. So he, made, he didn't choose martyrdom. And he'll, and he'll come back as some Polish Jew in the time of the Holocaust who chooses martyrdom. Something like that, you know, to be a tikkun. Okay, that is one way. That's one of a million different ways. Uh, in, in, in the Shara in the Gogulim, you can have like two or three souls inhabiting a person at one time. And each soul itself is combined of all kinds of different elements. There's the Ruch part and the Shon part, the, the, the um, Nefesh part. And I'm serious. And so once you start doing that, you go crazy trying to say, well, what happens to the person after death? They say, which part of the person? And when I say which part of the person, which part of the Shama? And then that begs the question, um, is the Neshama or any part of it I, the true person in, in the first place? And again, the Mukabalim are totally aware of this. They're trying to answer it in their way. But I've brought this out before because, you know, who are you? You see, when you live a righteous life, you go to heaven. Who's the you? Ordinarily, we say like this, you are you, and you have, listen closely, and you have a goof, and you have a neshama, and you have all the rest of it. See what I just said? You have a goof. You have a goof, but it's not you. It's something you have. What about neshama? You have a neshama. So it's not you. It's just something you have, right? So who's the you? You know, sometimes I call it the human personality, but, you know, we don't have a, a, a good word that I know of anyway, uh, you know, to sort of narrow this down. But these are, 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 are questions that inquiring minds want to know. Now, just to, you know, to touch on this, okay, uh, to touch on this and show you how com complicated it is, um, here, like the Rizal is quoted in, uh, in the beginning of the third chapter. If anybody's interested, you check out the, the third chapter of uh, Sefer Gagulam. Not that you want to turn into a, a magician or anything like that. But it's a bit in the Gilgal because Yibam, of course, is founded in this kind of idea, you know, as the Ramban says. I, I, mean, I know you know that. But uh, he's talking about, for example, Ebor, you know, like, you know, impregnate, uh, in, in, dwell inside another soul. Listen to this. Lifamim is damin adam mitzvah A person uh, might have a mitzvah that presents itself to him and he does it correctly. Right? Uh, and then he gets another nefesh. Okay? What does that mean? Because you did a certain mitzvah in the right way, in addition to your own nefesh, you get a, ne a second one. She said, what? How can you have two souls at one time? Welcome to this world. So in other words, I could be Dove Katz and also Abba Mavinu. Is it Sadiq Admin shall also submit to Atma Kitikno? 
just like I did this mitzvah, if it came to me in 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 the, in the super right way, well, so did Amravinu. Because the two of us have in common that we did this mitzvah in a gewaldic way, he'll get this, you know, nefesh of the tzaddik, and it along with your own. Here it is. I could, there's me, me, myself, and I, and I could, I'm just, obviously I'm making this up. She's, uh, who's a big, uh, uh, I don't even know who we would say today. Let's go back a few years. So let's say I was, uh, did some big mitzvah, and, uh, and so did Chaim Kanievsky. I could get his nefesh. Right? No, it would dwell in him, it dwell in me, me also. See how complicated it gets? Kikashar Isha, Zeh Yase, Eze Mitzvah, Mitzvah Mitzvah the Tzadik Ahu. If I do the Mitzvah, that is Mitzvah, it is Tzadik. Kikam Hu also Kamo Kitziknum, because both of us did a particular Mitzvah in the, in Kitziknum in the best possible way. It could be holding your anger back. It could be wearing a certain type of phone. It could be any Mitzvah in the world, you know. You could get that guy's neshama, this nefesh, I should say, even though they're both alive at the same time. Right? This is why he says, So the way you usually read it is, David and Yehonasan were really good friends. I mean, really, really, really good friends. Isn't that how we usually explain it? But Dari would say, no. They share, they exchange the Obviously, David and Jonathan lived at the same time. Okay? So the nefesh of David dwelled in Yehonasan, along with Yehonasan's own, which is why he could always, he always protected David, even though it was sort of like against his interests. Because it wasn't against his interests because he's partially David. Okay? Um, now it's a lot more complicated than he goes on, you know, I'm, I, I, you see what I'm saying. But the point is that in this world, um, it's hard to know who's nefesh and, and ruach and neshama you are. And if, and how many of people are in you. And if you're a first time or, or, or a retread and how, you know, you, you, you calculate your mitzvahs and averis. Because it comes in very, very difficult to, to, to hold that calculation. Um, well, again, listen to this. What I'm reading is the easy part. The sin of Adam was huge in its consequences. And all the Nitzotos of Kedusha, you know, were pogame. Right? Called become nitzotos, you know the six hundred and thirteen uh, uh, parts of the body. Okay, so the per the Adam had that also, and Adam uh, Rishon Motel Golem is that Barosha. And the bottom line is that Keshechata Nifkam Rov Hanitzotos Shonasher and Nishmaso Ben Saber Ben Aklipa. So a lot of the it was a terrible event when he did the sin. And um, he caused a blemish, let's say, in all these sparks, uh, these nitsosis that are in, in a person, okay? And uh, uh, how should I put it? Um, 
and a lot of them ended up in the bad place, you know, in other words, in the, in the place of the Klippos and, and so forth. But uh, that means that me, talking to you right now, maybe I come from Adam Rishon's eye, or from his toenail, or from his sideburn. I'm, I'm serious. You understand? Ramachi Rashi Sagidov. And um, and then, of course, Klein Hevel did Averis and things of this nature. Uh, but, Behold over door, Yotzes Kitsasne Tzotzes Ahem Uboim Begilgal Bolam Haza, Kvi Bechinis Machsav Nishmas Adar Hu. But on the other hand, sometimes the, the good sparks, you know, come and reincarnate in this world, depending, of course, on the level of the person to, to which it's attaching. You know, for, like I say, from the eyes, from the head, from the ears, and all the rest of it, and um, and then what happens? <coughs> Here's my point: because nobody's perfect, okay? Nobody's perfect. So yesh mi she gam begilgal she gam Even if somebody comes up with a gilgal with the idea of fixing what you did wrong in the earlier life, lo nizam and achet. But the second time, also, you're not totally nizam. Who out there never sins? Just about nobody. Even if you point to me one person, but you know that's it. You end up back to square one. Okay, and that person ends up what you call a bainus that he has the good and the bad in him. Okay, and um, and they stay with him till he dies. So I can't go into this too much. You see. That therefore, when you ask the question, what happens when you the righteous life, the or, or 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 you or what punishment you get for living the wrong life? The question becomes, who are you talking about? What are you talking about very specifically? And then you have to dissect everything, and you have to uh, identify which element did the good thing within you, which element did the bad thing, and therefore, when you talk summum bonum, some malum, it's not the person that's getting it; it's that particular part of the shama or the ruach or whatever the all, whatever the different terminology is, you know, the ruach nefesh neshama and the other parts, or or did the, maybe the gilgal cause the sin? You know that that particular part of that neshama within you. Now I'm using these words the way they do, even though none of this is actually susceptible to physical division because none of these are physical. Okay, so I'm talking about different types of neshamas. I mean that's a reality. But it's not in the in, in the physical sense they can divide them up one by one, and you know this part belongs to this one because because they're spiritual, you know what I mean? Uh, but they're real; they're not imaginary. That's the point. It's not a fantasy. And so, uh, when you say some part of you somewhere somehow, maybe from this round of existence, maybe from another, maybe a part of you inherited that that, that entered you from like it's a kind or something like that. Some part will get to Olam but the other parts won't if you're if you're not good. You see? So it becomes very, very complicated um, to try to, to, to say this person lived a good life and what happens to him. Clearly, though, the notion of coming back, like the Ramchal said, you know, to an, a, a second Eden, right? Another Anamarishan type situation bespeaks the idea that Really, for the person, whether he, whether he or she realizes it, um, you know, the, the best you can do is live in a, in a state of being in which these spiritual entities, which exist in, in the Shemayim-type level, concretize 
in the way that God made them down on this earth without being nifgam from any sins or klipos or stuff like that. And that's better than living like an angel. I mean, that, that's that's the point he's getting across. That that mode of existence, that plane of existence, I mean, that's better than Amalek. And not simply not simply because Amalek done that free will and all the rest of it. It's it's the the material world when it's properly constituted and not messed up by bad things is is unbelievable amazing now you and i don't know it because you know we're so blinded by all the raw but if you could somehow really get past that as will one day happen they say uh then you know, to them, the Rambam's idea that you live in some kind of spiritual, uh, intellectual fashion, I mean, that, to them it's dumb. You get it? To them it's dumb. I mean, that's not that's not the best it could be. Then the Rambam says, I mean, I imagine the Rambam would say, this whole idea of living in a future paradise, I mean, you know, that's a fairy tale. I'm getting real. And they'll say, no, 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 it's not a fairy tale. And what you say is, 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 is fairly dull. Um, you know, now, but they all have in common that you're going to, you know, uh, be in some kind of a union, uh, in some kind of intense connection with uh, the Rabbana Shalom, but what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? So that's a subject we have to tackle separately. Um, anyway, we started the subject anyway today. Uh, I hope what I said is, is, is uh, somewhat clear. And uh, with that, I wish everybody a good job. This is Thank Mishmach Stefanski, and uh, have a good week.